Who's ready to be preached to by people who are irrepressibly hypocritical and who lack any real moral foundation? If you thought Westboro Baptist was bad, welcome to the Woke Barbie Revolution, where you get chastised about capitalism while watching a movie that will make hundreds of millions of dollars from a toy company that has made billions of dollars. And here's the big takeaway as far as I can see it. The actual message of this movie is a militant form of feminism that locks women into a perpetual struggle with their sworn enemy, men. But mothers all over the country will show up to this movie with their daughters and totally miss the subtext of this movie that ridicules and diminishes their husbands and the father of their kids. And they'll do so because they are oblivious to the real message of this movie beyond the trendy pink flashing lights. For those ready to dismiss the drama over this movie as overblown, I want to tell you why there is some concern with this movie, so at least you can consider it or maybe even share it before you take your kids to this movie and then post it all over social media as a badge of girl power. So here we go. My big problem with this movie, when it's not treating men like oafish morons and basically calling them a bunch of closeted homosexuals. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Is that it is totally hypocritical. The writers of this movie want you to believe that they're brave for taking down the patriarchy, so they place a man pretending to be a woman in the role of Dr. Barbie. Right. And what a good job you do at Beach. And what a good job you do at Beach. I bet you couldn't tell that man was a woman except for the whole he looks like a dude thing. He found Captain Winky! The writers of this movie apparently want you to forget about the progress feminists have actually made and they want to celebrate womanhood in all of its forms, even the ones with a penis. While transgenderism continues to demolish women's sports and women's safe spaces. Look, I know from the beginning you're going to say, this is expected. We get it. You're on the right. You're supposed to hate Barbie. No one on the right ever misses an opportunity to jump on woke bashing. This is just another Bud Light opportunity. You'd be totally right. If politics aside, this wasn't such an obviously bad movie. It's cringy. A blockbuster movie made by women, starring women, about women, complaining about how oppressed women are is daring us to roll our eyes. But the hypocrisy doesn't stop there. You'd think the plight of women living in mud huts in Africa is bad, but just wait until rich white women tell you how bad their life has been telling you with a movie that cost hundreds of millions of dollars. The final issue with this film is this, as I see it. It's not only a hypocritical and not brave film, it's also part of the problem. We're supposed to believe that the Barbie movie has the antidote for all things it complains about. And some of the complaints are valid, but surprise, it doesn't have any real answers. All it has is finger-wagging by people enriching themselves at the expense of your self-loathing. Woke progressivism is the problem, not the cure. Mothers all over America by the millions will drag their daughters to this movie and walk out with a sense of pride, all while they are hosted to the kind of navel-gazing that you would expect in your freshman year of community college in your gender studies class. Don't look for other Christians to pick up on the silliness of the claims made in this movie. They're busy posting Barbie quotes to prove how accepting and tolerant they are. They'll walk out of theaters with a smile, oblivious to the things that they just heard, and oblivious to the fact that 
Christian women should have a problem with this. The things that they derive the most joy from in their life comes from their traditional marriage to a strong man and from their ability to mother children. And for that reason, this film isn't any more helpful to your daughter or to you than reading books about queer theology. And again, let's be honest, you don't do that because you know deep down it isn't helpful and it provides no real answers. I know you expected to see a girl power flake, and you got one. It's just the wrong kind of power. I won't blame you for not seeing this in the movie. Most people can't spy the kind of lazy-ass writing that this film gets away with, as it suggests feminist claptrap as good moral philosophy. We get Mattel jamming the patriarchy down women's throats, all while forgetting that Mattel was run by a woman for 30 years the same woman that created Barbie. You get Ken staging a coup by creating democracy and building a wall simply so that the writers can snicker with their elitist friends at parties about how awful Trump is. And this is the problem. The movie never gets to the real issues. The message that takes real bravery and boldness that's found far past the finger wagging. The real point is that the empty platitudes and secular morality promoted in this film are the problem. Like Barbie, secularism sounds like a great alternative to faith in God and religious moral values, but it is only plastic and hollow. If there was a Barbie that provided the kind of answer that this film really needs, trust me, she'd come complete with a Bible in hand in a dour look on her face because of how oppressive Christianity has been to women. This is where some of you will say at this point, just calm down, just enjoy the movie or don't, but it's just a movie. See, that's the problem. The movie doesn't want to be just a movie, and it never acts like a movie, and you know that. It wants to be a statement. It craves the limelight. Its writers want to create a set piece for a broader conversation about women and men in society. I'm just acknowledging the fact and saying all of their thoughts are spiritually and morally bankrupt. There's not a war between the sexes. Women are not oppressed by the patriarchy, and the Christian values these Hollywood elitists need, they hate. And by the way, it's not me saying that. Statistics are telling us that too. Americans are more stressed and more suicidal than in recent memory, while also not so coincidentally attending church and believing in God at record lows, according to a recent Gallup poll. Could it be that if a movie is going to preach, it should have a set of moral values underneath it that can support its message? That tells us two things about this Barbie movie. Now, the first one is this, is that it does have morals, they're just weak and hollow. And two, we should be honest about the kind of morals that can produce the real change our society so desperately needs. Today on the show, I'll show you how the media is treating Barbie in contrast to the sound of freedom and see if we can spy some media bias. We'll look at Heat Week as attention heats up and paranoia does as well with climate change and how hot it's been this summer. And then we'll look at the aforementioned Gallup poll and I'll show you how it might tell of some bad things going on presently, but how it foretells of something that is good on the horizon. We'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and to check out today's show's sponsor. Our friends over at Element Home Loans can help you get situated into a brand new home. And if you're paying attention, one of the 
really solid ways in which you can invest your money is in assets like the real estate market. If you want to secure your family's financial future personally by purchasing your own primary residence or even by investing in real estate, it's a good time to do so. I know a lot of people are going to tell you to invest in gold and silver and hard assets, but the truth is, is when the zombie apocalypse comes, you'll only be able to use those gold and silver bars to throw at those zombies and hope that it makes a dent. Really, what you need is something that is vastly more stable and something that actually will truly sustain you even in difficult times. And that's a roof over your head or potentially providing a roof over the head of other people where you can actually make some income on that. Now, if you want to take my word on that, then you need to go to kbmtg.com today where you can get pre-qualified for free. Not only will they pre-qualify you for free and help you get a great interest rate and help you with great customer service, but they have some amazing programs, including the ability to be able to, in the future, refinance your house and do so totally for free. They can do that and so much more. But to figure out all the ways that Element Home Loans can help you, then you need to go to the Kevin Blair team today and do that by going to kbmtg.com. And when you do so, let them know that IndieThinker sent you. Well, as you can tell from the opener of the show, I am no fan of Barbie. Now, I think if you're going to go see the movie, fine, go see it if you want to. Go see it and then take your kids through it and critique some of the messaging that you felt was was bad and then talk to them about some of the things, whatever you felt that was, that was actually good. Sure, but but please don't go into it blindly. That's kind of one of the things I want to I want to help you with with this show today. And maybe a great way to look at that is the contrast between Barbie and Oppenheimer, which opened on the same week. Now, If you think our society is getting smarter and not more irrepressibly stupid, then perhaps this is a great way to to, to look at our society is the contrast between these two films. Now, the internet is calling it Barbenheimer because they think it's funny for some reason, but but the idea is, is that Barbie and Oppenheimer opening on the same week, these films are going to compete with each other, and we'll see which one actually wins. Now, I don't think it's going to be even close. I think Barbie is going to blow Oppenheimer out of the water, and that simply is because of the incredible marketing campaign that spent over $100 million to get Barbie before you in every way you could possibly Uh, imagine. And now, of course, folks are going to see it as a result of this, but it's important that we think for ourselves on these things. I mean, of course, I'm going to sound like a fuddy-duddy here, but I'm going to tell you a film that is historically based, that truly creates moral dilemma, that is important for us to consider, should vastly outweigh the kind of abjectly, morally bankrupt ideology present in Barbie. Now, of course, I could make the claim that Barbie is just this nostalgia bait movie and is mindless, you know, popcorn movie that uh, that wants to entertain families. But of course, it isn't that it's a political statement. And I think a good way for you to kind of see this is a couple of different ways. I want to show you two articles that talked about Barbie this past week that will truly try to help you understand the ideological basis underneath Barbie, but also, more importantly, the what it says about our culture. So first, we got this from Decider. It says, well, folks, it's finally here. Barbenheimer weekend is upon us. What started as an internet joke about Greta Gerwig's Barbie and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer releasing on the same day has snowballed into hundreds of moviegoers per 
purchasing tickets to see a double feature this Saturday. That's the financial power of the meme. In case you hadn't heard, Barbie and Oppenheimer are two very different movies. Barbie is a fantastical, theatrical, satirical, and at times musical comedy about the epimenius doll, and by the way, I would add to it, about toxic masculinity. Its dreamy Candyland-esque set is dripping with pink and other vibrant colors. Oppenheimer, meanwhile, is a serious, somber, and epic three-hour historical biopic about the man who invented the atomic bomb. Filmed partially in black and white, its aesthetic is more boardrooms and men in suits. The presumption is the target demos for Barbie and Oppenheimer will split down the gender line. But that's very presumptuous, isn't it? It's not that presumptuous. It's probably pretty true. Some of us want to see both, and others are in heterosexual relationships. Fewer and fewer these days. And are forced to see both in order to be a good partner. Thus, the Barbenheimer double feature was born. You'll spend a good six hours at the theater, but hopefully it will be worth it. And maybe you'll discover your love for double features with one rainbows and candy comedy and one dark and serious biopic. If that sounds like you, the Cider has put together a list of other Barbenheimer-esque double features that you can stream at home from the comfort of your couch. No need to strategically time those bathroom runs. All of the paired movies below are available on the same streaming services for ease of viewing. And like Barbie and Oppenheimer, all of the pairs were more or less released around the same era. However, I do prioritize ease of stream and vibes over the release of the date. Enjoy. Well, thanks so much for all of that. Now, I don't want to go into the article any further than just to show you this. The number one movie on this list is Bridesmaid and Captain Phillips. So the spectrum is totally inane all the way to historically accurate, I suppose, and moral dilemma and real drama and real human intrigue or mindless women pretending to be funny. Now, I think, in fact, this is a great comparison because I think ultimately the satirical, quote, comedy of, of Barbie that isn't all that funny at the end of the day is, um, is, is a perfect comparison to Bridesmaids. But more than that, a perfect comparison to the kind of film that you can expect. Now, listen, again, I'm not trying to be austere here. I'm not trying to be stoic. I'm not trying to be a typical toxic man. I'm just trying to tell you that, that even to the most, you know, watered down, tepid moviegoer, there's a clear distinction between the kind of messages that are being portrayed here. So let's get back to kind of the ideological basis underneath Barbie and the ideological basis underneath Oppenheimer. And the way that we can really see that is by the way in which the media has treated Sound of Freedom compared to the way in which they have treated Barbie. So, of course, I don't have to tell you that Barbie is the media's darling and they're gushing over it and they love it. But look how just recently Sound of Freedom was portrayed by the mainstream media. Check it out. And according to Salon, it says... Sound of Freedom is Uncle Tom's Cabin, but for QAnon. Film spreading child trafficking hysteria is making bank. And of course, to contrast that, here we have The Telegraph saying that the woke propaganda fest has begun. How the U.S. Republicans went to war over the Barbie movie. Now, I hope the hypocrisy of the mainstream media is apparent here so that I don't have to explain it too much to you. But obviously, you can tell that a movie that's about child sex trafficking is spreading hysteria. That that implication is totally egregiously not only dumb, but, but actually insulting. 
It's not only insulting to your intelligence, but it's insulting to the people who are actually suffering around the world. Maybe you've watched the show in the past and heard me claim that in 400 years of the transatlantic slave trade, there is more slaves globally today than all of those 400 years. So whatever hysteria sound of freedom may be stirring up in terms of child trafficking, it's not enough, and we could do with a little bit more. But beyond that, what what the contrast of Sound of Freedom's coverage and Barbie's coverage actually tells us about the media is something that we hopefully know by now. First of all, that you should not listen to the media almost about anything. Now, second of all, the, that also there is an ideological basis underneath Barbie that the mainstream media wants to support, whereas Sound of Freedom, they don't want to support the ideological basis underneath Sound of Freedom. So they are teaming up to try to destroy Sound of Freedom and teaming up to try to promote the Barbie movie. Now, I have to say this, not only does it prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, so that there is no more argument about this, that there is an ideological message to Barbie. It's not just some fun summer flick. It's an ideological message that by going to view and then enjoying, even in an implicit way, you are suggesting that there is merit to the message. Pushing that aside, more importantly, if there is a deep state, you know, we talk about it a lot, especially conservatives. If there is a deep state, it looks like what you see in the promotion of Barbie. It is a group of ideological leftists, largely, that have institutional power who work together, and it's a small group at that, but work together to try to promote an agenda. One might call it propaganda. Rather than being honest or rather than providing true critical thought, they just simply try to push their agenda through whatever means and whatever power they actually have. So again, if there is a deep state, it is in the media and it is in things like what we just saw. So I wish you not to be ignorant of it in two ways. One, don't trust anything the media says. Please know that they have a axe to grind in everything that they do. They are not impartial. They are not unbiased. I don't care if you really, truly like Fox or you really like MSNBC for some reason. Maybe it's also because you like saltine crackers or something like that. I, I don't know why you would <laughs> like MSNBC, but let's just, let's just say the same about Fox. I don't care which one the, you, you turn to. Please think for yourself about these things. And then most importantly, understand this, that there is a mechanism of propaganda out there that is trying to influence the way that you think, and I hope you won't let it work. Yes, I agree. Some women's issues definitely need to be addressed and need to be spoken about. But it's not the ones that the media is going to tell you about. So, yes, I support women, but I don't believe all women, and neither should you. And you certainly shouldn't believe all news reports, especially when it comes to climate change, because I want to let you know that not only is it Shark Week, but it's also Heat Hell Week. It's time for Heat Mageddon, if you listen to the mainstream media, because every time summer rolls around, you can expect another host of articles to assault your better senses, telling you that the reason that it is hot again this summer is simply because of climate change. So now here is a USA Today article letting us know about the casualties happening in Arizona right now because of this U.S. heat wave. And it says this, as a U.S. heat wave spreads, Arizona counts the dead, 18 confirmed, dozens more suspected. Now, let me help you play a little game called common sense. 
There are 18 confirmed dead, and then they say dozens more are suspected. Quick question. How do you expect that people are dead? And not just a couple of people like, hey, they're in their house, but we can't get into the house because it's barricaded or something like that. But now dozens more are suspected dead. So this headline obviously reeks of complete lying. And point one about this is if we are truly going to worry about heat, and certainly it is, if you don't have air conditioning, this could be a really uh, not only difficult, but deadly time for people, especially if you're elderly. But let's put aside for the moment that cold is way more devastating for people than than heat is. And, and let's just say, um, yeah, this is a very difficult time for people, especially if they don't have the kind of energy security that they need. So what we need is we need energy security. We need policies that try to help uh, our energy to be something that is sourced locally, sourced from home, rather than sourced from Russia, rather than sourced from Iran or any other foreign country. We need to develop as much energy as we can here, which means drilling here and not somewhere else around the world. But that also means this, that we cannot rely on so-called green energies, which are incredibly historically unreliable. Sure, I'm all for exploring green energies, especially if they can help us, as long as we don't have the misimpression that these energies are actually green. Just because you don't see exhaust come from the tailpipe of your electric car doesn't mean that there is not exhaust and carbon emissions on the other side of those machines that are digging for your lithium-ion batteries. So the point is, is that we need energy security in our nation if we're truly going to be concerned about this heat wave. But the second point here is this, is we need to quit pretending that we can control the climate. I've discussed this on the show before, how climate control and climate hysteria, more importantly, is an issue of the radical left, the especially the agnostic slash atheist radical left who constantly wants to kill God in their conscience and then when they need some sense of sovereignty, some sense of control, some sense that somebody is holding the strings of this world together, and because they've killed God in their own mind and conscience, they don't have that person, they think it's all up to them. Newsflash, guys, you cannot control the climate. Now, why is it that we are so obsessed with something that we cannot control? We hear this every single year from the news media, how um, how everything that's happening is somehow related to the climate. When your mother yells at you or when you get your wife gives you a dirty look, somehow it is because of climate change. Really, the issue is a obsession with climate control because we need to have control that we used to try to outsource to God. But since many people have, especially on the left, have gotten rid of that that source of security in their own personal life. They feel like they have to control everything, by the way, including their biological sex, but that's a different show for a different day. Now, now there's a reason for this, by the way, is not only because our government is incompetent, but because they are also incredibly evil. They want you to focus on the things you cannot control, because when you're focused on the things that you cannot control, it makes you less likely to focus on the things that they can control and are not. For instance, 
things like immigration. See, we cannot control the climate as much as we want to pretend that we can. But one thing we can control is immigration. But the Democrats seem wholly uninterested in actually paying attention to what is going on at our southern border. And if we're going to quote the devastating and truly sad fact that 18 people are confirmed dead because of a U.S. heat wave, then maybe we should hear from the news media, which we never hear, how many people have died as a result of illegal immigration. So you won't get that from the mainstream but you will get it here. So according to CBP, Custom and Border Patrol, just in 2023 alone, you have assault and batteries and domestic violence to the tune of 825. You have burglary and robbery, larceny, theft, and fraud perpetrated by illegal immigrants, 560. Driving under the influence, you have 1,475. Homicide and manslaughter, you have 19 people that have been killed by illegal immigrants. Illegal drug possession and trafficking, you have 1,409. And of course, you have illegal entry and re-entry. So these are people who perhaps were thrown back into the country and come back in illegally. We have 5,332. And then, of course, the left is really concerned about illegal weapons and weapons that people should not have. And of course, 213 people just in 2023 alone have been charged with possession of illegal firearms. And again, all of these people are illegal immigrants. And let me state it one last time for those of you who weren't listening the first time. The reason that our political elitist, our political class, wants you to focus on the things you cannot control is so that your mind will go off of the things that actually can be controlled. And then there's one final point here. And this is an unfortunate reality that I think all of us are going to have to get used to. After all, it is 2023. And we, we need to finally come to terms with, the, with this reality. We've progressed far enough in the progressive movement that we can finally understand this basic fact. That there is something that continues to perpetuate climate change. It's time we started being honest about this on the right. There is something that continues to bog us down summer after summer after summer. That's creating this death. That's creating this climate change. And... And we need to address it here. And so here's a moment of rare honesty agreeing with the left that the climate is changing. And it does so every single summer because, breaking news, the sun exists. That's right, the sun, that big flaming ball of fire in the sky. Whenever we get a little bit closer to to it, it seems that things get hotter here on this earth. And yes, the sun is consistently and always has been changing the climate. So for those of you climate deniers out there, I hope you understand there is an enemy and it's far above in the sky. And no, you atheists, it's, it's not the, the fairy god. Um, it's not our fairy tale god of the Bible, that, that, that culprit looming largely over our head, making it hot every single summer is the sun. So breaking news, it gets hot during summer. And it's about time we started getting used to it. All right, let's jump into our final segment, Bible study with Democrats. Oh, God of pronouns. 
Post-COVID, many churches have been struggling to find their footing now that they're opened back up, whether it's struggle sessions about diversity or far too much time spent asking, can we celebrate the statement Black Lives Matter without associating ourselves with the movement? The church is seeing a steep decline in attendance. The haters who celebrate this fact as the death of Christianity in the West not only do so at their own peril, but they also fail to realize something. Practicing Christians have been the minority in this country for a long time. The vast majority of this country is a group of people who say they believe in God and answer yes when they're asked if they believe in Jesus when they get pollsters to come around, but but they're not authentic Christians. Poll after poll claims that Christianity is on the decline, but the truth is polls are finally catching up to what we've always known. As the culture shifts left and the social cost of being a practicing Christian increases, poser Christians find it less necessary to go to church or to claim when they're asked if they're Christians to say that they are. And we see that in a new poll by Gallup. Americans' belief in God, the devil, and other spiritual entities has fallen to a new low. According to a Gallup poll released on Thursday, 74% of Americans said they believe in God, while 69% said they believe in angels and 67% said they believe in heaven. The poll found slightly smaller shares, 59% and 58% said they believe in heaven and the devil. Belief in all five spiritual entities has fallen between three to five points since 2016, the last time Gallup polled Americans on the topic. Since the pollster first began collecting survey data on this data on the subject more than two decades ago, belief in God in heaven has dropped 16 points, while belief in hell has fallen 12 points, and belief in the devil and angels has decreased by 10 points. So here's my belief about all of this, is that these polls are just merely catching up to the reality of what is going on in society. We are living in polarizing political times, and again, true Christianity represents a spiritual transformation and not just a yes on a poll. So real Christianity is incredibly, is much more rare than than what the poll would suggest. And I think now the poll is just starting to come back a little bit closer to reality. But again, all of this is becoming more apparent because we are presently living in very polarizing times. And now I understand that there can be some downside to polarization, especially if it's extreme polarization. But for a moment, I just want to look at this poll, and I want to look at polarization, and I want to try to help you understand how polarization can actually be a good thing. So point one, polarization has winnowed out real Christians from posers. Authentic Christians have known for a long time that statistics are erroneous. Polarization has only allowed and forced people to take a side more accurate to their actual position. In other words, Christians have real authentic Christians who have been spiritually transformed and believe the scripture are much rarer than what these polls suggest. In other words, polarization has forced people to be exposed for what they really believe. Now, point two, polarization helps sidelined Christians think about where they stand on issues. So real Christians, when the middle erodes and there's no place to stand in the middle, it forces Christians to take a stand, and a polarized Christian is better than an apathetic one. And point three, change happens in polarization. For better or worse, polarization puts issues at the fore, and it forces us to make a decision. Sure, that's scary, but it's also promising. If, and this is a big if, we can find the appropriate moral structure to inform us on where we should stand. So even if you don't like the Bible, perhaps it's time you started recognizing that even the most hardened atheist has to get their moral structure from someplace. And here's where Richard Dawkins gets his.
What's your moral code? I suppose it's a version of the golden rule. So if the author of The God Delusion can be honest enough to tell us that basically his moral structure is just stolen from the Christian framework, then maybe it's important for us to take those little things called Bibles, blow the dust off them, and finally start really reading them so that we're not just smuggling in Christian values by virtue of the fact that they've been a part of our culture, but that we're actually really investigating the power and the importance of Christianity in our own daily lives. As you do so, I think you'll find films like Oppenheimer way more provocative than Barbie, among other things. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and go with God.